You are listening to the sermons of the late Pastor Frank Hampton Jr., who pastored the Church of God in Jackson, Michigan from 1963 to 2018. If you would like to learn more about Pastor Hampton or the Church of God, please visit our website at www.churchofgodjackson.com. Again, that's www.churchofgodjackson.com. We hope you enjoy the message. God bless. John chapter number 13, we'll begin reading at verse number 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil, having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God. Verse number 2 again. And supper being ended, the devil, having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. If there was a time that I requested your undivided attention to this this morning, that a devil having now put into the heart of Judas, you know the story, and the eventual end of Judas, and how that through the persistence and the chicanery of the devil, he connived this man's destruction. No, this man actually went off into destruction right under the nose of Christ. A question that has doubtless plagued not only you but mankind down through the ages. We trust we can give you a reasonable answer this morning. And that question is, why would God allow Satan? Why would God allow such a monstrous, destructive creature as Satan to even come into existence? All of the destruction, all unwed pregnancies because of the devil, all murders because of the devil, all wars and destruction because of the devil, all dope addicts, dope peddlers, all of the things that are contrary to that which is good, all of the diseases and AIDS and cancer and all these things. Why? And certainly this is an enormous question. Why would God allow the devil? He didn't have to. 
God is in control and He always has been. Nothing escapes His notice. No one can overpower Him and just do it arbitrarily. Then why would God allow it? That's the question this morning. And I'm trusting that we can bring a satisfactory answer to the hearts of those who have been bewildered by this one question. In Luke chapter 4, verse number 5. And the devil taking him up into a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power I will give thee, and the glory of them, for that it is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will give it. All of the kingdoms of the world. Why would God allow such a destructive, eternally so, creature with that kind of capability of bringing the whole world, the kingdom, under his way? Multitude will roast in eternity because of him. Then why would God allow it? We need an answer. And if you have the answer, I think it would better equip you to deal with life and what you are, will invariably face. Did you get the essence of what I just read? Take him up to high mountain and show him all of the kingdoms of the world. Every one of them. And you say, listen, so all of this was delivered unto me. Who gave it to him? Now, God didn't give him that. The people, and perhaps some of you, gave him that. When you submit to the devil, you are adding to his domain. Every conglomerate bad spirit adds to the uh, capabilities of the devil. So all of these people who yield to the devil, you are enhancing his kingdom. That's how he got it. Just like doubtless there are those present this morning who have contributed to the destructibility of the devil. Whether you were aware of it or not. And there are those doubtless claiming salvation have contributed. Don't you know when you submit to the Spirit, you are adding to that kingdom? I don't care if you just got mad or uh, you, you just gossiped or, or did anything ungodly, you are adding to the kingdom. And that's how the devil got it. Through many professed saints. If what you did was of the devil to any degree, you contributed to his kingdom. Any degree. Whether you did it knowingly or inadvertently, it, you added to his kingdom. Many people today, and don't ask me how I know, are contributing to the power and the kingdom of the devil, professing salvation and professing to be spotless, and are contributing and building up the kingdom of Satan. Do you hear what I'm saying? Now listen, let me show you something. Peter, right beside Jesus day by day, supposing that he was enhancing the cause and let the devil use him. And Jesus had to say, get behind me, Satan. Pray to God, give me that boldness, please. So I can, some of these people have been used by the devil. I can just tell them point blank. So get behind me, Satan. Now listen, let me show you something. 
When the devil comes, the one, you get this. In whatever form or to whatever degree, his ultimate end is to destroy you. Not just to take your place or, or make you something low or diminish you. He is coming to destroy you. Every temptation is designed for your destruction. Now you might not sense that because you have yielded so many times and you think you weren't destroyed, but you were destroyed to a great extent. And some of you ultimately. Some of you are destroyed while you're walking around here on earth already destroyed. Why? By toying with the devil. And this is what Judas did. Judas kept toying with the devil. And the devil began to persuade him. But now, as the enemy kept finagling, he entered into Judas. If you read further in the chapter, and Judas went out and it was night. You've heard me say this before. Let me tell you something, children. You listen to me today. Question might arise. Then Jesus had been rebuking devils all along, casting out devils. Now here is one of his bosom men. Why didn't he cast the devil out of Judas? Some people are not going to get the devil cast out of them. And a lot of other things ain't going to get cast out of you. And you are working in vain trying to get it out of them. But then why don't you lay hands on them? Well, that's a good question. You need to study that out perhaps. Why didn't Jesus lay hands on Judas? You can mess around if you want to and say, well, I can go in and give myself this and come back and ask Brother Hampton to lay hands on me and get, and get restored. You're oversimplifying it. If you think you can yield to the devil all you want to and got me in reserve, you can call me at 3 o'clock in the morning and I can come lay hands and get the devil out of you, you're wrong as you can be. If Jesus didn't do it, how in the world do you think I'm going to do it? Not that we don't have the capability, but in this case, it might be one where God says, let him alone. Now here, you know the ultimate end of this man. He was lost. There's no question about that because the Bible says he was the son of perdition. And the word perdition means the loss of one's soul, the future happiness. He was the son of perdition. He was lost. How do you know? The devil entered into him and he went out into the night, into the dark for eternity. Never to see light again. That same devil is on the loose today. With the same design in mind and he is having the same alarming success as he had then. With whom? With the same people, the disciples, professed disciples. Those sitting up in church of God pews and otherwise. Well, I'm going to prove it to you. Don't you know a lot of the mess that people claim to be saved do? You did it because the devil put it in your heart to do it. But you know, when you malign the pastor, one of the saints, the devil put it in your heart. I don't care how holy you are otherwise. Don't you know when you get mad and do something in a passion that's contrary to holiness out of the will of God, the devil put it in your heart to do it? Whatever it is, to whatever degree, don't you realize that? Well, I did it under passion. You did it under the passion of the devil. But you know when you rise up against your husband, the devil put it in your heart to do it because that's totally unscriptural. I don't care how holy you claim to be and how you try to overrule and testify and jump over it. That don't make no difference. You did it because the devil put it in your heart to do it. Just like he did Judas. You might not go quite as far. The degree of your transgression might not be quite as deep. 
but the devil put it in your heart to do it. That's why I know it's the same. And he's doing it today on the same scale as he did it then. The devil now put in the heart of Judas to betray Christ. He now put in the heart of this sister to disobey her husband. He now put it in the heart of this brother, amen, to look with a passionate stare. The devil did it. He now put it in the heart of somebody, amen, to get a missed attitude towards the saints of God. The devil did it. Others speak evil of somebody who disagrees with you or did you wrong. The devil did it because the Bible says speak evil of no man. Put it in your heart to stay home and sleep when you ought to be in the church. The devil did that because the Bible says don't forsake the selling of yourself together. The devil did it. The devil put it in your heart. But here, here's the, the, the amazing aspect is uh, many times the devil puts things in your heart and you don't really negotiate or actuate it. So you don't do everything come to your heart, but you're guilty nonetheless. You know the devil told me to do it, so put it in my heart to do something, but I just didn't do it. Well, you're still guilty because he put it in your heart and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak it, and the contents of your heart determines what you are. We got more corrupt people in this world than you think. The devil almost daily puts things in the heart of the professed saint, and in many instances they carry it out. But they think because it did not fit in a certain category that they're not contaminated. But they want any time the devil puts anything in your heart and you carry it out to any degree, you are contaminated. And you'll know that in the judgment if you don't accept what I'm saying today. You're all the time harping on submission, submission. But when you're not submitted, the devil put it in your heart not to submit. The devil does it. Now, whether you're getting by with it or think you're getting by with it or not, the devil put it in your heart. And when the devil puts something in your heart, it contaminates you. We discuss lust all the time. Well, you can call it lust. You can have a wrong interpretation if you want to. But if the devil put it in your heart, then you do it. The devil put it in your heart. Regardless of how far you went with it. Maybe you didn't go any further than a passionate stare. Well, that's as far as most people go. Because they couldn't go further if they could. And even if you could have and didn't, still it was in your heart. The devil. You know, it is utterly astounding that there's such vulnerability on our part, that we're so vulnerable. There's so many people so vulnerable. Would you think a man under the teaching and under the inspiration of Christ would be so vulnerable as to have give the devil access to his heart? Shouldn't the very presence of Christ have caused him to guard his heart more closely? You all sitting under this gospel and go off and amen and let the devil say somebody provoke you and you run off and all this kind of stuff and leave this gospel? Shouldn't you be above that? Shouldn't your heart be guarded more closely? Shouldn't you recognize that's not of God, that's of the devil? Well, if the devil did it that to you, I'm wondering what else he did. Well, then I got in the mystery and I just ran off and, and I didn't come back in three months. But uh, so I'm ready to sing back in the choir. I'm sorry. I'm ready to get back in the pulpit. I'm sorry. Why? Because I wonder what is he putting in your heart while you're out there. That's why. That's why. Please pray for me. Don't challenge me because of my administration. Because of what you see. All you see is one little act. But I'm looking deeper than that. What else did the devil put in your heart while you're out there? All you see is one thing. But then you're doing all that because he did that. What else did the devil do to him? What else did the devil put in that heart? You don't know. You have no discernment. You don't know what I'm dealing with. And, I, and I'm, I'm destined to deal with it, regardless of what. Y'all pray my strength. 
Now listen, in First Peter chapter number 5, keep me going here. First Peter 5. Now I want verse number 8. All these scriptures are familiar passages, but may God help us to get it this morning. First Peter 5. Be sober, be vigilant. Now listen. Be sober, what? Be vigilant. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion... We're going to get down to it now. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion... Walketh about... Walketh about... Seeking whom he may devour. Now, will you listen? Why in the world would a creature who has wrought such destruction and is capable of doing even more, why would he be left on the loose? Why are you going to say walking in the world, going up and down in it? A creature who's destined to destroy your soul for eternity and God will let him walk free? Going to give him free course in the world and he has the capability of destroying a man's soul for eternity? And God going to let him run free and give him access to a good people? Why? We're going to get to that very shortly. We're headed in that direction. Why? You're just coming to church every Sunday and singing in the choir. And why wouldn't God put him in a cage? Why wouldn't God tie the devil up and, and keep him from those people? Why wouldn't he do it? Here people got a nice home and nice family. And uh, why would God let the devil come to that address and break up that family? Why would he allow it? Why would he allow it? That's the contrary to the nature of God, doesn't it? Why would he allow that? Here's a family doing nice and well, and you preach on family life and, and, and how uh, it should be, and, all, and here's somebody trying to do it, and God let the devil come by and destroy it. Why wouldn't you just put the devil on a great big log chain so you can't go by there? Maybe I shouldn't say this, but I, I, but I want to be realistic. Do you know it's likely that two-thirds of the people here would be in eternity lost? Not because God willed that. No, no, God willed that everybody be saved. That's God's will. It's God's will that everybody be saved. And always has been that way. But he said there are going to be a few despite his will. Didn't he not say it? And I'm going to show you why God allows it. Now you get this? Because how many times you heard at the camp meeting the other day the brother was saying when his child was panting for life, verging on dying every moment, and he was tempted almost to get better at God. God, why you allow it? You could have prevented it. We just heard the minister testify to that on the highway and his child having four, five, or six, seven, eight seizures. He said it came to him. Why did you allow it? You could have prevented it. Why you allow the devil to do that to my child? I'm trying to do the best I can. I'm walking uprightly. And that sounds like a legitimate question, too. And I, in fact, I've had the same thing come to my door. Why would you allow it? You could have prevented it, Lord. Why you allow the devil to come mess up my marriage? You could have prevented it. Why you allow the devil to flick me? You could have prevented it. Why you let the devil put me in this slump, in this slew? Amen. Living from hand to mouth, living in poverty. You could have prevented that. Now here I am estranged here with an estranged husband and all of these little children left behind and now the devil put it in the heart of my husband to leave me. Why you allow it? Now you left me here trying to, amen, from pillar to post, amen, scrapping with all of my might, trying to provide and keep that body and soul together. Why you allow the devil to do that to us, Lord? 
Lord, my mind is, Mr. P, I'm only 25 to 6 years old. Sometimes I don't know my name. Why you allow it, Lord? Why you allow the devil to do that to my mind, to bewitch me like that? Ready to blossom on my life. And now my life, for all practical purposes, are gone. Why did you allow it? My children, I tried to reason the best I could. And now the devil is digging through the mud, and some of them, and one or two of them, you've taken out the world prematurely. Why did you allow it? Why you allow it? Seems that I'm singled out. Why you allow it, Lord? All right, we'll pose the question. I'm sure you're waiting for an answer. Well, you pray for us. You pray for us because I'm sure some of you could use some this morning. Why would the Lord allow a creature who by his own admission is out for our destruction? Listen to what it says. Read that eighth verse again, please. Be sober. Be, sober. Be, Be vigilant. vigilant. Your adversary is the devil as a roaring lion walketh about. Seeking whom he may devour. Now, I've defined that word to you before, but for the sake of those who were not present and have forgotten it, I'm going to give you a definition. To devour means to eat up greedily. I've seen a lion eat. In fact, when I go to the zoo, one of the highlights of my trip is to be there at the feeding time for the lions. Because it is amazing how they get a big chunk of meat and just devour it. Just hit it and swallow it. And then lick up the blood. Don't leave anything. Then they'll be licking the floor for the rest of the blood. Everything. No residue. When they get through, the, not only the meat's gone, but the floor is clean. That's where the devil didn't believe you all. Ate you up. But then, why did you work with them? They ain't got nothing to work with. The devil ate them up. Why did you work with brother so-and-so? There's nothing left to work with. The devil ate him. The devil ate her. The devil had it for supper last night, so there's nothing left to work with. Everything that's workable is gone. The devil devoured him. But, him, but he bit Brother So-and-so, and you helped him, but he devoured her. Amen. He bit Amen So-and-so, but he devoured her. There's a difference between a bite and a devour. He only bit because he was shooed off before he could finish the work. He intended to devour all of you. But we, had, we took a stick and beat him off before he finished you. Uh, how many sticks have I worn out? Trying to beat the devil off some of y'all. Get, leave him alone. There's well, nothing left but a leg anyway, so you may well let me finish. Well, leave the leg. Dear, well, let me tell you something. Don't you know some of y'all have messed around with the will of God so long and the word of God and have resisted it and sat right under this gospel that you know I don't have much to work with anymore? And you think you're maybe on cloud nine. I'm trying to tell you, children. Listen, you're messing around with your faith so much and cut corners and finagle with the standards. And now you've destroyed it. Now you're not even convicted by the word anymore. Why? Because that element that convicts you has been eaten up. That element that convicts you has been devoured. So now there's nothing left to work with. We preach something that's difficult and you keep resisting it at your convenience because you don't want to get out and bed with God and get real victory or submit to it you put it on the back burner don't you do that you mess around and kill your conviction and there won't be nothing left to work with but uh, I pray that God build up my faith you have nothing to work with when God was taking you through some things to build up your faith you, you, you mess with your faith you played with it you toyed with it you cut corners 
You're popping pills. You're doing everything you want to do. Behind closed doors. Go in your bathroom, close the door, and do what you want to do. And perform your own operation. And family, let the specialist do it. You got back in the corner, you ought to trust God and pray down your bread, and you went out and did something else and got it. And got bitter because somebody didn't give you a loaf. That's why you got to need to trust God because if you, if you don't trust God and try to fight your own battle and when somebody don't respond to you, then you get bitter with them. You get bitter with them. Now I give all that I had every time the benevolent pays pass by. Now here I am in need and nobody even offered me a one crust of bread. And that sweetness is displaced by bitterness. So I run, run a different suit every Sunday and it won't give me a crust of bread. And you're just as bitter as wormwood. How did, what made them bitter? The devil having now put in their heart. They want you to be appalled to know how spiritual people let the devil put so much mess in their heart. Go somewhere and don't call on them to preach and they get bitter. Don't ask them to sing a special. They know I sing specials and get bitter. I'm not going to that meeting no more. Well, I'll tell you that might sound amusing but that's not amusing at all. You don't know about people. He preached twice and, and, and I haven't preached in four months. Well, so you what you want to preach? No, I ain't got no message. <laughs> You're absolutely right about that. Because your spirit destroyed whatever you might have had. Tonight, in chapter 43, we're going to take up a time here, and I want you to pray with us. We want to show you why God allowed. I didn't say created, but allowed. I didn't say God made him. I said God allowed him. You understand it? God allowed it. God permitted it. But I didn't say God himself created this monstrous character. I didn't say that. But God did allow it. And he had a purpose in mind. And that's what we want to bring to your focus today. Why? Give me Isaiah chapter 43, verse number 7. And now follow me closely. Even everyone that is called by my name. Uh, even everyone that is called by my name. For I have created him for my glory. I have created him for my glory. I have formed him. I have formed him. Yea, I have made him. All right. Now you listen to me, children. Now you, you, this is the final point, sir, so you've got to get it. Don't sleep through this. Don't sleep, please don't, don't nod on this. Read that one more time. Let's Even take a everyone that is called by my name. Everyone that is called by my name. For I have created him for my glory. I have created him for my glory. I have formed him. I formed him? Yea, I have made him. Now let me tell you something, children. Now this might be too strong for you like many other messages, but I'm sorry. Now listen to me. Why did God allow the devil? Oh, here it is. When God created man, he did not just do it randomly. He had something specific in mind. You understand me? You better follow me. You better follow me. You better follow me. Has something specific in mind. He didn't just wake up one day and say, and just fling out with him, I'm going to do this and see what come out of it. And a man came out of it. No, he had something in mind. The Bible said right here, I have created him for my glory. You follow me? Follow me closely. Better follow me. I created him for my glory. I have created a creature here who has a choice, but by his own choice will do everything after to glorify me. 
He will not speak a word that does not glorify me. He will not entertain an attitude that does not glorify me. He will not eat a meal that does not glorify me. So if you think you're eating two or three plates of food and all that does is mess glorify God, go ahead. You understand what I'm saying now? God created man to glorify him exclusively. Only. Everything you do. So now, he allows Satan to bring in something somewhere along the line in some phase of your life to do something that does not glorify him. And if you don't love him perfectly, you will bite it. But he had to allow an opponent with that kind of, of a chicanery and that kind of uh, perseverance to come against you. Amen. To force you into it because of your own lack. So, and when you don't obey God and glorify God in this particular matter, then it shows that you, there's a lack of love there. The reason why you talk back and, and, and talk back is because you don't love God like you love yourself more. So you're trying to vindicate yourself. When somebody provokes you and you talk back, you are talk back because you don't love God like you ought Because you know it's going to be offensive, and if you love God like you ought you would take it and glorify God instead of trying to vindicate yourself make yourself feel better by getting back. That's why y'all have squabbles at home. You don't love God like you ought and you talk back. And when you talk back, that's been vindictive. Or to any degree, and you can, because you've been doing it so long, you might not feel bad about it, but you're wrong and you're out of here. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. You don't take one spoonful of vengeance. I don't care who you are. I don't care about your position. And you better define it right, too. You talk back, you argue, you press your point beyond measure. What? Because you love yourself more than you love God and you don't want to hurt and it alleviates you by fussing back. You know when somebody provoke you and, amen, and do something to you, it makes you feel relieved to get them back by word. And so you do that in your own interest. If you love God, you'll hurt and give it to God. I do this a little too much for you, but I'm sorry. Some of you are not going to get out of the building with God and get this kind of experience, but I'm sorry. God created man to glorify him. Listen, let me tell you something. Everything you do, every suit you buy, every car you buy, every house you buy, you should have first in mind of glorifying God. Whoever you choose to be your mate, your first, uh, uh, your first idea should not be even the length of the hand and, and the pearly teeth and, and, and the shape of the legs and the hips and all this kind of stuff. If you are a spiritual person, your first idea will be to glorify God. And some of you all know all kind of question marks shrouded around somebody. You're talking about glorifying God. How you don't know what the situation is? That shows the extent of your spirituality. See, your people, carnal people make carnal decisions. And, and, and things that are superficial and external will be the first impression. And the prevailing impression. And then you have nothing but trouble. God created you to glorify him. And you know that choice did not glorify God. You knew that. And, but that didn't make any difference because you made a common choice and now you got to go through with it. God made you to glorify him. Well, give me uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. I'm going to show you something here. Give it to me quick, please. 10, 31. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, I believe it is. I want. Read. 
You got it there? 1031. Read loud and clear. Read right in the mic. Whether therefore ye eat. Whether, whether, therefore. Listen to the word of God, please. Whether, therefore, what? Whether therefore ye eat. You eat. Or drink. Drink. Or whatsoever. Whatever you do. Do all to the glory of God. Remember that when you go to the country buffet today. Amen. Some of you got your plans already made, but you better you better remember that you can you, you can make a game out of it if you want to. You, you can make a game out of it if you please. You'll be under condemnation. Yeah, I think I'm going to buy me a house in this neighborhood, and I want to live the lake and all this kind of glorify God or for prestigious reasons. Oh, y'all better listen to me this morning. I want this kind of car because it'll draw more attention because it's unusual. I'm doing that. You're not doing that for God, and I know you're not, and I'm not going along with it. The word of God said, read it again. You better, better come with me. Because you mess around and you turn, you, turn, you turn against me and be destroyed. Because I'm a preacher of the gospel and going to enforce it by the grace of God. You better, pray, you better pray hard. Read. Come on with it. Whether therefore, what, whether therefore you, eat you eat or drink, or, drink or, or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Dun, 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 dun. I'm doing this to glorify God. Not my flesh. That's why I chose the person that I chose because they're going to help me. They, they're, they're prayer warriors and their lives have been kept consistent and clean. And that's why I'm, I'm choosing this individual here. That's why I didn't choose that other. I had four or five uh, hidden on me. But that's why I chose that one because I can glorify God better with that one. Help us, Holy Ghost! Most people ain't got that in mind and you're not glorifying God. And that's why God allows the devil. So if you don't have it in you, amen, he's going to mess up. Oh, I'm going to preach that to you this morning if you give me about three, just a few more minutes. If you don't even have this experience where you're willing to do everything to glorify God, God will see that you fall. Every one of you, God will see that you fall. You might not leave church, but you're going to fall. You might never leave church, but you're going to fall. That's why you got all these fallen husbands and wives and whatnot. You didn't glorify God and they fell on you. And, and the rest of them are going to fall. Or you're going to fall, and I'll prove it to you. Say what you want to say. I don't believe I can glorify God, amen, with no, with no 52 waistline. Neither you. 42. I'll keep going. I ought to keep going. I'm going to let that go for now. I got too much else to say. God have mercy upon us. I think God had a specific purpose in mind. They want, whether you eat or drink, whether you think, because the Bible says, when you think, the Bible told you how to think. It's the worst of a thing, a pure, just, amen, virtue, good report. It's being a virtue, it's being a praise. Think on these things. That's all glorified God, so you shouldn't be thinking of other things. That's too much for you, isn't it? That's too much, that's entirely too much for you, isn't it? Well, I'm sorry, that's why you're not going to glorify God, and you probably ain't going to make heaven. Because the Bible is too specific about these things. Your wife provoked that much, you start thinking evil about her. Hope that the right tyrant in comes off on the way that the... Listen to this. This consecration is real. You all better study this. Because anybody can get over on some of you. You don't know consecration. 
Don't you know that's the first thing you consider, brother, existing? Hey, we got to make heaven here. And if I mess around with somebody who is not fully consecrated, who got some flesh on board here and, and proud and all this kind of stuff, we, we're all going to be lost. They'll pull you under. I'm telling you all this. This is a tremendous thing we're dealing with here. Now, some maybe already got messed up, but I just pray God to do something, help you out some kind of way. God made us to glorify Him in everything. So He had to allow a creature who would present things to you that would cause you not to glorify Him in a measure if you have any elements of that spirit in you. If, he, if you're still worthy, then you're going to make some decisions that don't glorify God. You're not going to get a vehicle that glorifies God. Amen. You're going to make, you go, uh, you, you got, what you got to, amen, seven, eight children, you're going to try to get some little uh, message that don't look like God at all. You're not going to get a house that's commodious, and you're going to try to get one even by the lake and this, that, and the other, and, and gilded porches and all this kind of stuff. You're not going to look like God. That's not, your, that's not your concern. You talk about it. Uh, but I'm going out, and, and I'll just pray, pray over my house. Listen, I was on the street the other day, and a prominent individual requested, I want you to bless my house. I bless you, I bless you. If you got a woman back up in your house, man, I'm going to try to bless you. You know God ain't going to bless no mess like that. Uh, everybody wants to be blessed. So you're not doing that spirit because you have somebody to bless them. I pray to God bless my, I want you to come bless my baby, and you already decide you want to be a doctor. And give people medicine and cut them out, cut things out of them. And want me to bless them. Maybe I should have a conference before I start blessing some of these youngsters. See what y'all got in mind for him. You don't want to glorify God, be a missionary, and never have nothing in life but the gospel. Never, amen, you want to be a professional ball player. So you can buy you the kind of house that you've been desiring that's not for the glory of God. You want, let me tell you something. Now you can get them. There aren't many people going to come up to this. You understand it? And God allowed the devil to have what he has to prove you. And if you don't have it all in you to come up to it, then you won't make it. Because God, the devil, is of such. His chicanery, his tactics are so strong that unless you are fully dedicated to God, you, 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 you can't make it. And there aren't many people I know that are not going to dedicate to God. That God is first in everything. I know that. First in that choices. First in that decision. Don't you know I know better than that? It's too bad. Even the few call themselves praying about something. They've already decided before they pray. We're driving down the street and see something shiny and pretty and, and amen and, and, and exhilarating and, go, and make that choice. And then somebody praying. That's a, that's a farce. That's an affront to God to come praying about something you've already decided about. And most people do it. You've got a job now making more money than you ever made, and you just make your own decision. And God is not even in your decision making in most cases. I know what I'm talking about. And, I, and I, even after this, it might not be because the message is too strong for most of you. See, that, that's why Babylon can't accept it. But uh, all that I do to the glory of God, never favoring the flesh, never favoring my fanciful ideas. Amen. If I go on vacation, I'm, I'm going to glorify God. 
I'm going to take this time since I'm working hard. I'm going to take this time and give me two weeks and get me a motel room so I can fast and pray and lock up, you know, a bit away from it all. I'm not going to Boca Raton. I'm not going to, to the Fiji Islands or even the Bermuda. I'm going to a secluded place and get me a motel room so I can get before God and fasting and prayer un unobstructed. You're going to glorify God's vacation. We got our vacation money here now, and, and, and your wife going to get mad because she ain't got enough money for her vacation outfit. And she's going to leave her wrong. Come on, glorifying God. And then you're going to fuss back at her because this hot gas, and you can't have no more money. And there you go. And then you're going to leave her like this. And I hope you don't have an accident. All right, we're going to give me Mark chapter 12, verse 30. Mark 12, 30, please. Mark 12, verse number 30. All right. And we, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. No, let's back up to verse number 29. And Jesus answered him. Jesus answered him. The first, the first of all commandments, commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, the Lord our God is one Lord. Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God all thy heart, and with all, all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all, all your strength. strength. My this God, help us here. The first no love for the world at all. I just use the world, not abusing it. The world is something to get me over to the next world. I ain't got no investment. Get ambitious about it and got to accumulate all I can. It's just a conveyance. That's what the Word of God teaches. But when you love it, you're going to get all of it you can. And enjoy all of it you can. Even now, there's a lot of things that, that bombard my mind. My age now, and I worked so hard, and now that I could enjoy life, my children are gone, and me and my wife, I could just kind of float around a little bit. That's quite an impressive thought at times. That's all in my mind, been bogged down with people's businesses and, and affairs and problems for all these years, and taking care of a family now to relax a little bit and just kind of get away from it all. But the only thing that, with the red light flashing, can I, would I be glorifying God? I've got to glorify God until I die. Not to retirement age. And I mean that dedication, amen, is, is, is ageless. Yeah, I'm going to try to enjoy all I can. God help you. What is your enjoyment anyway? Wherein lies your enjoyment? Where is your enjoyment? What is the source of your enjoyment anyway? I'm going to enjoy all I can. I ain't going to live one time. That's right, because you're not going to live anymore. Most cases. So it might be in your best interest to eat, drink, and be merry. Love the Lord. Now listen. The only way, now listen to me now. Why did God allow the devil? Listen to me good now. I'm trying to get an answer. The only way God can prove whether you love him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your, is to allow the devil to present these things to you. And see if you'll nibble at him. Then you know that you, if your head turned in that direction, then you don't love him with all of that. And the devil knows what to do to pull you aside if you don't love him like that. You ever listen? All of it. I don't mean, I, I believe I'm going to church, but you got me, I want some time to myself. Well, what do you mean by that? Interpret that to me, please. Yeah, me and my wife, we just need some time to ourselves. Just to get away from us, just do some things we want to do. That's right, because you don't want to live holy for and give, you don't want to live all your soul, all your heart, all your mind. What? 
see where a person's ambition lies. The Bible says, uh, where your treasure is, your heart will be there also. D.L. Moody once said, if you want to know where a man's treasure is, just talk to him for a while. If it's treasure in sports, he won't talk long before he's talking about who's going to win the game. If it's praising money, he ain't going to talk long before he's talking about money. If it's been property, he ain't going to talk about property. Whoever you're treasure, your heart's going to be there. All your hearts are going to be there. If it's out of the second, you're going to be talking about men and women and married and all this kind of thing. They're going to be your constant conversation. Where your heart is, you're going to talk about it. Because that's where your interest lies. So then God, to prove, the only way he can prove whether you have that kind of supreme, undivided love is to get a creature that is a such that can pull it out of you if, it, if you're not there. And it's being proven too. Let me tell you something. All this time about faith, God has proved where your faith is. He's going to let you get in this situation. And if your faith is not perfect, you're going to start grabbing some other things. So you, you don't fool the Holy Ghost. You might fool me. Talking about talking all this faith talk. All this dedication talk. I know where you are. Now I'm trying to tell you, there's a little thing pushing me. I know where you are. Sometimes I might just let you go on and do what you want to do, brother, but I know where you are. There's a tremendous thing with you. And, and God help you. And, and me, if you, if you value your soul, you listen. You listen. And you'll abandon life here. And you'll reverse some things that you have to. If you love God like you say you do, you'll be ready when the word of God comes. Even if you have to, I don't care if you have to clean house, you'll do it. God uh, had a purpose in mind when he created man and God, amen, to glorify him exclusively and to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I mean that, that he means that in, in detail, verbatim. Read that one more time, please. I, 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 we need to interpret this. Read that one once more. We're going we to let you go shortly. And thou shalt love the Lord Shall thy love God. the Lord thy God with all, all your heart. heart. Every bit of it. Every bit of it. Somebody got their heart set on some other things. You hit me this morning. You be appalled this morning. You want, oh, I mean, but this is a situation. I don't care if it's legitimate. Your heart shouldn't be there. You understand? And I, and me, I, I don't have all day to explain that to you. You got to figure that out. If it's legitimate, amen, your heart shouldn't be there. Because God did not expose it to you for to put your heart on it. He just put it for you to live by and to, until you die. Not put your heart on it. And I'm going to tell you something. It's going to be mighty difficult accumulating all this stuff without putting your heart on it. You can say what you want to say. If you don't believe, let somebody, let somebody let you tempt to lose it. Or somebody try to take it away from you. You see where your heart is. Come on with it. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy No love for the world itself. That, that provides... No love for the world of self. Self-preservation. 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 The first law of nature, but not the first law of God. Not the first law of God. And you need to understand that today. This, this, this message today might cut some of y'all off. I'm telling you this. It might cut some of you. It might leave you sprawling. It might, it might leave you sprawling in the dust. Some of you think you know not to grow to God. We can't, we can't snatch it away from you. That's too bad. That is too bad. Come on with it. And with all thy soul. All your soul. That's, you have nothing else. Your mind, your soul, your strength. You have nothing else. You understand it? But that can only be proven if somebody has something to present to you to the extent that would allure you if indeed you're not like that. So he let the devil. And you know the devil is a master at it. What happened to Eve? Her love 
for God diminished at that moment. And that's all you got to do. And the same thing happened to you when your love for God diminishes to any degree. You're going you're gonna to make some choice. You're going to get lured away. If your love for God diminishes, you're going to make a bad choice. You're going to do something that you're going to regret as long as you live. You're going to get bound up in some mess that you can't get out of. Well, just because your love for God diminished for a moment. I don't care how holy you are at the moment. Adam and Eve were as holy as anybody that ever lived. But God made them that way. But their, their focus was shifted. And that love diminished. And that's all needs to happen is some of y'all get hold of the little money that you haven't had before. Well, this business, I've been wanting this all my life. Well, you had a wrong desire all your life. And you're going to legitimize it because you've been wanting it all your life. If you want the wrong thing, I don't care how long you've been wanting it. You, should, you forget it. You think you'll be there. Well, I've been poverty. I, when I was growing up as a child, I wanted this. And, and my parents were poor, and I never was. So what? Your desire got to be right. I don't care if you were deprived. God help us out here. This is a tremendous thing. I'm telling you the truth. But, I'm, but, but if, you're, if you're so spiritually numb and can't perceive this, well, then you just have to miss it. But you're going to miss something for eternity. All right. Now, give me the first King 22:19. Now, let me tell you something today. I want you to get every step of it. We're going to let you go shortly. But I don't want you to miss any of this. But I don't know if I pass this way again. First King, first King 22, 19. Now listen, let me tell you something. Let me and tell you he something. said. Wait just a moment. Just a moment. One moment. Listen. If indeed you don't love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and there are few people that do, do you know God will see to it that you fall? Do you know God will design your your failure. All right, read. Read loud and clear. And he said. He said. Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord. Sitting on his throne. Sitting on his throne. And all the hosts of heaven standing by. Now listen. God has control of everything. Everything is under God's ultimate control. The devil and everything else is under his ultimate control. But he allows it. That's the issue. You understand it? See, nothing above God. The devil can't just do things arbitrarily. God has to allow it. I'm going to tell you all something this morning. Listen to me. Listen to me good this morning. You Will you please? Now, if you love God as you ought to, a lot of things that's affecting you shouldn't affect you. I love my children. I love my wife. But because something happened to my wife and my child, that shouldn't alter my love for God and my devotion to God. At all. The love of God should supersede all of that. I'm going to get pulled in dumb. I don't think I'm going to church because I'm worrying about my little boy. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about my child. I pray for him, but I'm, I'm not going to uh, deprive God or get no attitude of going to myth tree or doing the juniper tree. That's ridiculous. You better come out of this thing. There's a tremendous thing we're dealing with here. Read. I saw the Lord, I saw the Lord on throne, sitting on his throne. And all the hosts of heaven. All the hosts of heaven. Now listen, this host was not angels by any means. And this is figurative. That don't mean that all these things are up to what God around God's throne in heaven. But it means under God's domain. You understand it? All of these spirits under God's control. And God will use them against you if you don't get it right. If you got any element that's wrong. God will use those spirits against you, and that's why good people fall. 
God decided you would not sell out to God altogether. Now I'm going to use these spirits to bring you and expose you and cause you to fall. And you're going to see a lot more of it. Dio Teasley that you all talk so much about, he allowed his love to get low. And God said, okay, spirit, go ahead on, you, you, go ahead on get him. Go and get him. He had a chance. He kept on messing around and letting, letting his love go up and down. And, and, and at that moment, his love was down and the spirit got him. And he's going to get you eventually if it hasn't already. I'm telling you this today. You're flouncing around here and know you're affected by certain spirits and know at time you're holding on by thread and won't go and get total victory. God's going to let a spirit come out and get you. And you're, you're going to break right down the middle. Here's God ascended. Read on, I'll show you. Standing by him on his right hand and on his left. Standing by the host of heaven, standing by him on his right hand and on the left. And the Lord said, The Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? My God, Lord, what you want you gonna you gonna you gonna design a man fall, Lord? Who's gonna persuade Abraham to go up and fall? Ahab. Ahab. And what happened? And one said on this manner, and another said, This spirit just said, I get him, I get him, I get him, I get him. Brother, don't you know spirits are just waiting to pounce upon you? And if God sees that you're not going to sell out altogether, he's going to turn one loose on you and cause you to fall. God's going God to design it for you. It might be a crazy spirit running you crazy. They won't keep the mind on the Lord like y'all. So go and run him crazy. Go and run him crazy. Make him complete it. Make him completely crazy. I told him to cast his cares upon me. He won't do it. So run him crazy. Run him crazy. They ought to get out of the bed and get the cast on their cares on the Lord. And now they're going to we'll try to figure out everything and worry about it all day and all night and not get in the word of God, not meditate, meditate on the problems. Run him insane. That's why you find a lot of these crazy people around the church. What, they mess around and, and wouldn't give up to God and, now, and, and, and put their mind on the wrong thing and meditate on, on that problem and all this kind of stuff instead of giving to God. Now they don't know the left hand from the right, as it were. Read. And there came forth a spirit. That came forth a spirit. And stood before the Lord. Stood before the Lord. And said. Said. I will persuade him. I get him. All I'm waiting for, Lord, is your permission. See, even the evil spirits are under God's domain. Did you know that? God allows it. God allows it. So the spirit is jumping up. I get him. They are raring. They're like hungry lions on the leash. I'll get him. He will anyway. I'm going to make him, I'm going to let, let him let his hair down. He won't only be wearing red shoes and, 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 and chartreuse coats. He's going to be doing everything else worldly. I'm going to fix him. I mean, they got that spirit anyway, so I'm, I'm going to cause them. I'm, I'm going to send it in a full measure, and now they're not going to be able to resist it. Read. And the Lord said unto him. The Lord said unto him. Wherewith? Wherewith? And he said, I will go forth. I'll go forth. And I will be a lion spirit. I know how to get him. I know how to get him. He's not dedicated anyway. He's not consecrated anyway. So God said, go ahead and get him then. Because I'm going to permit you to do it. I'm going to get him ready for the fall. Won't trust God. I'm going to let him fall. Had a chance to measure up, please, our God. Amen. 
I'm going to stick a knife in her husband. been fussing at him for years. and won't get bitches. I'm going to let her stick a knife in him. And the saints come by and see the police cars and the, and the and 911. And see you let out the house with handcuffs. I'm going to call you to fall. I'm going to call you to do it before everybody. You've been doing it behind closed doors. Because you don't love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength like he designed you to do. And I'm going to allow the devil, because if you don't love me like you ought to, you're going to fall. If you don't love me with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, if there's any love for the world, any love for self, you're going to fall. Because I've got it designed that way. And how many people you know like that? I don't care if it's the only one. It's the requirements are the same. You understand that? Now, this is of such depth, you might just ignore it and say it's impractical, like the world do. Like Babylon say you can't live free from sin because they, they don't understand it. And you might not understand this. And just write it off. Well, that's up to you. You face it, though. You're going to face it. You're going to face it. Now, you watch and see what I tell you. Some of you are going to make some decisions. going to make you cry forever because you won't get this message tonight. You won't get this message this morning. You won't accept this message. And it's going to cause your destruction before you die. And, and this message will come back to you. If you love God like you ought to, you have better discernment. Your choices would be different. Your heart would be more fixed against the devil. You wouldn't be so quick to get bitter against the saints and against this person, that person, because they did you what you think is wrong. And make all kind of decisions when you're under that spirit. If you allow anything to rival the love of God and not necessarily by your admit by your definition, it's gonna be fatal to you. That's right. If you love it, if you love anything else to any degree, the Bible said if you love in the world, love the Father not in you. Now if you don't define the world right, that's up to you. If you love it, you you penalize whatever you call it. And we know whether you love the world or not by your conduct and by what you got and by your purchases and by all this kind of, and where you go and what you enjoy. We know. Ain't no problem with that. And it's unmistakable. And where your focus is and where your ambition lies and what you're after and where your concentration is. It's clear as nose on your face if you want to, if you want to face it. Jeremiah 25, 9, quickly. We're coming to a close here. Jeremiah 25, 9 says... Behold, I will send and take all the families of the north, says the Lord, and Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, what? My servant. My servant. I told you. Now listen, God will use a wicked source to bring you into bondage if you are not 100% right. That's what he did right here. The children, his own children, he allowed the old wicked king of Babylon to bring them into bondage. Because they would not sell out to God. You're going to allow some of your wicked men off the street and everybody to bring you under bondage if you don't sell out to God. I'm trying to tell you that. You won't sell out to God, you let some, let some old lewd woman come and lure you out of this thing. Or make you some offer and get some job to take you out of town and be away from the gospel entirely. After some half gospel and you'll be lost for eternity. I'm going I'm to let my servant Nebuchadnezzar. Give me Second Thessalonians 2.9. We'll try to conclude here. God have mercy upon us. You better, you, this love of God here, this thing, this, this something you don't play with and you, and you can't let it diminish. 
Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse number nine. Read. Even him who's coming. Even him who's coming is after the working of Satan, with all power, with all power and, signs and signs and lying wonders, and with all, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them, them that perish. Because they received not the love of the truth. They heard it, but they didn't love it. They heard it, but it, it was repulsive to them. They heard it, but they put it on the back burner. It says impractical. They heard it, but they forgot it as soon as they got out the door and went right on back to what they were doing the same way. They heard it, but they were not willing to abandon their privileges to measure to this gospel. And that finalized what their love is. For when God convicted them, they were like the rich young ruler. He walked away sorrowful. Many are going to walk away from here today sorrowful because they don't have the wherewithal to measure to this. Many are not going to admit Satan and put things in their heart because they've been talking back and, and been gossiping, amen, and been slandering and, and, and been, been vindicating themselves, but they don't count. They've done it so long, they don't think nothing of it today. And they're not likely to repent because they won't let God show them that you're going to just you're creeping on the rug and, and, and hope I heard them be quiet so they uh, change, try to change channels in the midst of it. But as sure as I'm alive, the Word of God is going to judge you. This very message is going to judge you with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, all your strength. So God allows the devil for, to prove whether you got that or not. If there is anything less than that, you're lost. And God allows this devil. And he, that's how he got the whole world on this way. What? People wouldn't love God like that, so God just lets spirit take him over. And that's what he's going to do to you. Well, I, mean, I love God, yeah, but the Bible says you love pleasure more. The Bible, then the Bible said love is a pleasure more than love of God. So just because you say, I love God, that don't solve your problem. Love you, but you love, you love this financial advantage more. You love this lucrative position more. You love your little prestige and your little pride more. That's why you're going to give it up. That's why you're not going to give it up. And if you've got that spirit, don't you think you're going to make them give it up either? I'm, you understand that. If you've got a love spirit, you can get married to it. That's not going to happen. If you've got a proud spirit, you're not going to make them do a come to come tone down. You're not going to do it. I, that's a spirit. Why does God allow Satan? I trust it might have been clarified this morning, but I don't know whether you received the message or not. But I, I'll have to leave with you in God. I've washed my hands. So we thank. Now, if it won't help, if it really won't help, we have an altar, we have a prayer room.